Welcome back to the Let's Be Friends podcast. With us today is a friend that has been on the show many times before. We've got Belize No Psyop with us. She is going to be explaining to us what the sound of a psyop sounds like because there is a big sound of freedom psyoping through the world right now, and it's catching a lot of ears. It's catching my ear. I've barely been online or involved in anything happening right now in the world, but I I saw the post that Please No Psyops are making about Sound of Freedom. They caught my attention, and it's been really opening up my mind to what's going on underneath the scenes here. And I just want to welcome you, girl, to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Over the past three years, I would almost call myself a subject matter expert in identifying. And um, not only identifying, but just completely blowing holes in the psyops that they unleash on us. So... Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we joke around uh, that we're we're at battle. This is the warfare, you know. People like joke about the meme warfare or like the post warfare, but like even coming on to podcasts, sometimes there's like spiritual warfare that tries to get in the way of making it happen. And there's definitely been some of that in the air with us getting together now because this is a really important topic that we're going to be diving into today. It's probably going to trigger some people. Some people are going to say, why are you guys trying to talk about the sound of freedom as a psyop? It's doing really good things. It's bringing awareness to child trafficking and all these things we've been hearing about the last three years. And we we would both agree that we're right. We say they're happy that they're bringing light to the topic that is a real thing. But what's really going on with this? Because psyops are complex, right? Like they're going to tug at people's heartstrings. They're going to play with their emotions. They're going to show you one thing and mix in some confusion, some de- deception, and ultimately leave people kind of feeling helpless. Yeah, they do all of that and more. And, uh, you know, it's it's been just a crazy journey these past three years, really since uh, election day in 2020, starting with the pandemic and all of that. But, you know, everyone talks about this awakening that they have to the corruption. And it is kind of, there's layers. uh, I call it more like stepping stones, but there is really only one true awakening. And that is awakening to uh, Jesus being the Messiah and the son of God. And so my, my, when I speak of my awakening, it was when I was born again. And at the same time, that I received the spirit, the Holy spirit, I was seeing through the new age deception, but like the same exact time God was revealing to me the, what I now call the Flynn network, which is just this giant, enormous disinformation network that is filled with so many people from the top politicians all the way down to your small influencer. And, uh, being able to recognize the patterns and the different tactics that they use is really how uh, I've been able to see through it, not fall victim for to it, and also help other people see it most importantly. Yeah, I love that you just brought up that there is an awakening happening, but there's only one awakening that's really meant to happen or needs to happen, and that's to Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior, that he was God in the flesh, he came here to die for our sins, rose again after three days, and bridged the connection back to God for us. And 
you and I, when we first podcasted together and you came on the show, those episodes don't exist anymore because we were talking about new age stuff. I was probably talking about Galactic Federation. We were both very lost at that time, but both of us in the last couple of years were saved. So praise the Lord that we have had that awakening. And because of that, I feel that you mentioned the Holy Spirit comes to you and you definitely have the gift of discernment. I would say that that's a, a spiritual gift that you have and that you're talking about seeing these patterns and seeing these networks and you have exploding fin- fill in the networks as a telegram channel mm-hmm. and that's a big thing that you've been bringing to light i had to look up who general flynn was again today because i'm i'm half here <laughs> half in it half not i'm kind of just you know Woo, let's host the thing and talk about stuff but you've uh you've really uncovered a lot about that and then did, is it exposed was it exposing the flynn networks that led you to tim ballard and the sound of freedom psyop like how did you get how did you start sniffing that something was off with sound of freedom um, well, it goes back, it goes back pretty far, but here's, here's what I will say. Um, first of all, you have me cringing at Galactic Federation. I really <laughs> try to forget how cringe I was when I didn't know Christ. And it's so weird because you really believed it and it was, you really believed it was true. And now I see and hear that. And I'm just like, how did I ever believe that? But um, eyes to see and ears to hear are a gift and there is the gift of discernment and um, there's the gift of prophes- prophesy, which, you know, if you look up the word for prophesy, it is uh, expositing divine truth or speaking the mean, the mind of God for a specific situation. And I do believe that he imparted the wisdom on me about the Flynn network, because there is no way that I could have figured all of this out and seen through all of this and furthermore been able to help people um, see it. And that's kind of what happened back in uh, 2022 um, around April. I really felt like Moses when uh, God was like, or when he was like, I'm not, I'm not a good speaker. And God was like, I'm going to give you the words. And because I was not a writer. I actually hate writing. I like numbers. I like math. And he gave me the ability to explain these super complex, multi-layered psyops in a way that people were actually understanding. And um, the channel was called Exposing to the Networks. And it started with the Rittenhouse psyop. Um, For anyone listening to this, if you do not remember, that was a false flag. Um, And so is Ashley Babbitt. That was a false flag. And so I was able to point out things that were obvious false flags that they had given people amnesia over by their narrative pushing. And uh, then as I was able to poke holes in the narrative, I would say, now look at your feed and see who's pushing that narrative. And now you have it. There's the network. And so people were being able to see the liars. And uh, I always like to differentiate that there are people who are deceiving willfully and there are people who are deceived themselves, who are con- who are organically pushing the narrative. Uh, and so that's why I pointed out the way I do as far as a network, because this network does work in tandem with each other. They do work. They circle jerk each other's accounts. And I'm sorry to be vulgar, but that's how I describe it. Maybe and that. then they um, they basically <laughs> they basically have <laughs> this, uh, you know, it seems so real because everyone is saying it and it's just every, no matter how many different conservative accounts you follow, they're all saying it. So it must be true. And then 
you have like one voice in the wilderness like me. And I'm like, Hey, it's a psyop. Hey, 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 remember it's a psyop. And then people are like, Oh yeah. Or they get really angry. But to answer your question, Tim Ballard, all of that to say is that there's been multiple instances where I've been able to see them coming a mile away. And one example of that is RFK Jr. I called, he would be running for president or vice president a year in advance. And 2000 Mules, when that came out, I immediately knew that there was something more sinister going on. I screamed and screamed and screamed about that film. And I was, you know, treated horribly, door slammed in my face, same thing every time. And then finally, there were people, um, the Greg Phillips, who's the main character, and exposing him. They finally, after months and months and months of be saying, like, he's connected to hate, he's connected to red card, to all of this stuff. He was a con man in multiple ways. And I was just uncovering all of this. No one would listen to me. It took six months for it to grab hold. And so a year ago, I posted about Tim Ballard and his nefarious connections. <clears throat> and um, so I, I posted about it a year in advance. Now the film came out and I was like, oh man, it's going to happen again with 2000 Mules and I'm going to be screaming and screaming and no one's going to want it, especially with the child sex trafficking, people are going to hate it. And I was so pleasantly surprised to see that it didn't happen that way. And that people, while there are some that are very mad and still experiencing cognitive dissonance over the situation, it the information really took hold. And I think people are so, they're coming to the realization that they have in fact been duped for three years and they keep living in this false reality of this blend network that keeps them captive. But when, like, I, like I say, truth has a very distinctive sound. And when you hear the truth, you know it, you might deny it, but you know it. And so with Tim Ballard, I only just peeked the surface and I was like, this guy is, he's absolutely corrupt. Now, that's strong. Go ahead. No, for anybody who doesn't know, Tim Ballard is who the movie Sound of Freedom is based off of, like his life and his work. And he was a CIA agent who worked was a, working with um, the um, Clinton. It was during the Clinton when President or when Clinton was the Secretary of State. He was a CIA member, um, you know, during that time, and he was also. Um, created what was it operation what is it called uh railroad or operation underground railroad he was uh ex-cia supposedly i I don't believe in former cia but right right i I know right and and whistleblowers too i don't trust whistleblowers either (laughs) (laughs) and and so um and he's connected with the mormon church cia uh Exactly. The Mormon church. And before anyone gets their panties in a bunch, there is, you know, just like the Catholic church, when I'm talking about these institutions, you know, first of all, my view is biblical. So anything that goes outside of scripture is, is wrong, not just to me, but to God. And that doesn't mean that all of these people are necessarily evil, especially the ones at the bottom, but the elites you know, the ones covering up child sex abuse 
yeah, I would say that, you know, that's about as evil as you can get. So well, for people saying, oh, well, every, yeah, that are gonna awareness. Say, right. Well, no, with the Mormons, I just made a post on symbolism syndrome and I'm like, yeah, Tim Ballard's a Mormon. And let's talk about like cults take scripture, the completed scripture, and then they add or they take away from it and they twist it and they create their own doctrine for their cult. And the Mormons have done the same thing. Revelations 22 mm-hmm. warns us of this. If you add or take away from this book, your name will be taken mm-hmm. out of the book of life. So this is a big deal. When you're a full Bible believer and you're believing in God's word and you're not changing and you're twisting it, we're not trying to be mean here and say, oh, that's a cult or that's a false teacher, but it's straight up a cult or a false teacher when you add or take away from scripture. That's exactly what the Mormon church has done and Angel Studios, which put out the Sound of Freedom movie People will say, well, what's wrong with going and watching their stuff? Well, what if they added and taken away from scripture, twisted it in there, and they're now teaching people, and these strongholds will then build in their mind? I think <laughs> so that, the chosen that, is yeah. so blasphemous. They, they, um, I think personally, I think anyone playing Jesus Christ in a movie or a film is blasphemous. I don't think that anyone comes close to even depicting him whatsoever, anytime, any way. The Bible is enough. It's sufficient. I don't need any sort of entertainment to depict him. And um, furthermore, similarly to what they're doing right now with anyone questioning sign of freedom and calling you a pedophile or a human trafficker, if you speak out against this movie, they did the same thing with The Chosen. They actually have a whole uh, marketing ploy called uh, don'twatchthechosen.com or something like that. And if you go to it, it's a devil Uh, telling you not to watch The Chosen. So basically, they're likening anyone who speaks out against The Chosen to the devil. Yeah, it's the same thing with the uh, trans agenda, too. You can't speak against it, or all of a sudden you're transphobic or you're homophobic or whatever. You can't, it's like, you just can't have your own opinion. And it's like, well, I'm in line with what God says here. Yeah, and um, I love to share this unpopular opinion on the right, is that God uh, told us to love our enemies, and he told us, to judge those inside the church and not to judge the unbelievers because of course we're supposed of course they're living sinful lifestyles they're unbelievers so uh the conservative right has that all mixed up they love to uh you know be pharisees really is is how i see it because we have the holy spirit if you are born again and it's your love and your compassion uh, i think it's luke 6 36 that says uh, that talks about loving your enemy and that you must be mer- that he is kind to the wicked and merciful, even to the ungrateful, and that you need to be the same, be merciful like your father is merciful. And so I, I don't see a lot of that, especially with Pride Month just coming to pass. Yeah, thank you for saying all that. I agree with everything you just said. And I know we've chatted about that together. And I, <sighs> I so agree with you. Yeah. And I really went through like experiencing that online Pharisees coming out with my, my testimony online and just being ripped apart by Christians. And it's just, it's very hypocritical and you're right. We're spots like you're an unbeliever. If someone's an unbeliever, like you can't place them to like the standards of God, they're not believing in God or following God. And so it, yeah, thank you. I, I yeah. love what you and said. I've, I've seen, you know, I saw some of these people on the Flynn Network, like uh, Benny Johnson, um, this news reporter, uh, say, oh, it's Pride Month in July, and he posted an American flag. And so that's that's the issue, is that it, the sin is pride. And the sin is, you know, the abomination, as spoken about in Leviticus, but it's also pride. 
And so for, for the Christian conservatives to joke around and be like, oh, it's Pride Month for us and hang an American flag, which is all good and well, I guess, if you're an American. But what if you are in the Middle East where you've seen that flag and it means that, you know, you are uh, about to get taken over, your land's about to take in, get taken over, or you're in Haiti and you see that flag and now you're getting stolen uh, to another country. So the flag it doesn't really represent all good things. It's actually in a lot of places is represent murder, uh, rape, pillaging. And so that pride in the flag is just as bad as pride in the gay flag. too. Oh, wow. So yeah, thank you. Keep pushing those unpopular opinions, girl. I love it. You're my kind of friend. All right, well, let's go back. But to I do. Let's... Yeah, go ahead. I do. I do have an American flag in my front yard, but I don't, I don't find pride in it. Like, yeah. so I, I'm not, I just want to say that I just want to say, yeah, it's like, it's not the flag itself. It's the pride behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that flag could become an idol, right? For somebody. Right. Or patriotism yeah. could become an idol. Yeah. Yeah. Patriotism is an idol for many and it was for me. And I liked to um, describe it as, you know, when I became a Christian, I was like, all right, like, uh, I, I, I'm here. I'm a Jesus. I got the American flag, you know, I'm, I'm a patriot. I'm a Christian patriot. And then I was like, no, I'm throwing that out of the window. I don't need that. All I need is Jesus. And the patriot deception is so strong. And that's why I really, I, I really have to say that because all of these different pressure points that embody the Patriot movement, the medical freedom, the election integrity, the J6 political prisoners, the child sex trafficking, Second Amendment, anything that has to do with God. There are networks set up in each of those that I said and more, and they're all about ensnaring you and then manipulating you. And like you mentioned earlier, using your emotion and that pressure point to get you to do exactly what they want. Yep. And so what are they, what let's go back to the sound of freedom because they, they're definitely toying with people's emotions with this one because child trafficking is, it's a real thing, right? It's a real problem happening in this world. And it's, it's not like they're, they're, I, I know. Okay. So when I woke up in 2020, when I started like offering, like starting to shift on how I felt about Donald Trump, like starting to like him and cause I hated him so much and I was really trying to become a better person. So I wanted to look at why I hated him and what happened after doing this, like I was doing a loving kindness meditation. It was a skill I was doing at the time. And I ended up really shifting on how I thought about him and started searching online, looking up the people who supported him and ended up finding the save the children hashtag. So it was like loving Donald brought me to save the children and Maddie was like, what do you mean save the children? Like, why do the kids need saving? I didn't, I, I had no clue. I was like, you know, I'm just out of the loop. And then I started learning that, you know, oh, Donald Trump had broken down all these sex trafficking rings and he had brought these new laws to protect children and he created <clears throat> human trafficking month and all these things. And then now it's like, okay, so there's a problem with the children. Like, let's help the kids. But I, I don't really know that like I had any good solutions come to me on what to do. And so people might say now they're still wondering about Save the Children and what to do. And this movie comes out. They're like, well, I'm going to go to the movie. I'm going to pay $10, go watch this movie and do my part about, you know, get educated about trafficking and 
and whatever. But really, like, I almost feel like it just tugs on people's heartstrings the whole time, shows them the narrative that they're controlling, that they want to show you. Because like you said, every single aspect of the awakening is handled. Pharma, occult, new age, political, um, real cultural problems. It's just like we're literally network uh, just handling it all. And so what do you think is really going on with Sound of Freedom. First of all, how can we, let's tell our listeners, explain to the listeners how it's corrupted, what you've discovered following the lines of the people that are involved in it, and ultimately what you think they're trying to do with this agenda. All I have is what I've found in my research and my opinion. Uh, That's all it is. So uh, in my research, I have, uh, I have found every single trafficking organization uses the Clinton hotline and Operation Railroad, um, they endorse the human trafficking hotline, which is a Clinton hotline. And I will talk a little bit about that. Um, but for me, that's a red flag. I He admittedly said that it was funded by the Carlos Slim family, which is a huge just one of the richest people in Mexico, extremely corrupt drug trafficking. I mean, if, if you're in drug trafficking and gun trafficking, it like it goes hand in hand with human trafficking. It's just the networks are already set up. And so he also gave a hundred million to Clinton and a hundred million to Gates. And now he's giving money to this organization. Jim Caviezel is in the Sigma. I think, I don't know how you say these Greek letters, but and Sigma Jim Caviezel Chai. played Jesus in the passion of Christ, right? He did. And he is in a secret fraternity, which people were like, oh, it's not a secret. Go look up Sigma Chi and look at all the scandals, sex abuse, rape, murder, uh, controversies that were there. And um, that's what Jim Caviezel is. And so is Russell Ballard, who is a family friend of Tim Ballard. And uh, they just so happen to have a WikiLeaks document on this specific How fraternity. Convenient. Wow. It, it like it, that that is what was on WikiLeaks. I was just sp- trying to find anything and it just so happened that they had the rituals on there and they talk about this the what is enlightenment, the seven lights and the seven uh the seven lights of whatever they are, but it was just it was all masonic. So, um yeah. Very yeah. very high odds that they're uh, Freemasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Freemasonry is very connected with the Mormon um, religion as well. Mm-hmm. No surprise. And so yeah. playing devil's advocate here, what if someone was like, well, Jim, what is his name? Jim Caviel? Like, oh, he Caviezel. played Caviezel. He played Jesus in the Passion of Christ. But wasn't that great? That wasn't the Passion of Christ good? Didn't that bring, you know, a lot of awareness to Jesus? What would you say about that? Uh, well, from my own personal experience as a child watching it, it was scarring it didn't bring me closer to jesus at all it was actually just traumatizing and he got struck by lightning twice while he played jesus and he um yeah what he got struck by lightning when they were filming the movie yeah is that that seems like a sign from god stop (laughs) (laughs) i i heard something about like how mary magdalene was portrayed in the passion of christ as misleading or something like that like this is just like that stuff that they they drop in like twisting the actual biblical story yeah i i haven't seen that since i saw it in theaters as like a child yeah and even as a christian i never wanted 
to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jim Caviel, you know, come, he's now in Sound of Freedom. He's, what does he play? Tim Ballard's character in the movie, mm-hmm. the main guy. He helped fund this movie, right? He, you just said he's a member of a secret organization. He's a Mormon, which is so weird. Like, I guess the Mormon. No, no he's actually, oh. he's a Catholic. He's always oh, a Catholic. Okay. Well, another yeah. Christ- Christian. He has pictures of oh. him with the popes and he's, he was, uh, he was talking about the Pope, um, basically saying, like, I believe the Pope is a mystic, kind of like fawning over him. And so uh, that's not even, I mean, I know quite a bit about Catholic beliefs, but yeah, uh, I've never really heard anyone talk about the Pope as in in that way, uh, fawning over the, them being a mystic. Yeah. So I thought that was a little strange. Yeah. And just like we were saying, you know, that like with the Mormons and like these different groups, like there's wonderful people, wonderful Catholics, wonderful Mormons, but just be, but I do believe, you know, that there, there, there are certain parts to these groups that are kind of like cultish things or uh, beliefs that aren't totally in line with, um, you know, someone who believes the 66 books of the Bible and, you know, is just not trying to add or take away from scripture. And there's, you know, the Catholic church has, a lot of idol worship and just some different things like the Pope, like who, what, they believe the Pope that, get up this power. Yeah. And they believe that Mary is the one who dispenses grace and the one who's the intermediary, uh, which is very, that's no Jesus it, is intermediary. What if Mary is, exactly. uh, is just another, you know, whore Babylon, like ISIS or another from an un- unholy Trinity, like connected well, to the dark spirit in the spirit world. And you're not going straight to Jesus through with Jesus. To well, God. in rea- in reality, um, you know, I do the, the the Catholic Church, you know, when they say Jesus Christ, they're not talking about Jesus Christ of the Bible. They and and not again, I, I just want to say this. Anyone who's Catholic who's listening to this, I know you I know you'll just reject anything that we're saying if it's your beliefs. I don't want I'm not attacking you. I'm just talking about the institution and what I've done in my research in regards to history. And historically, the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, Constantine, actually, he believed in this man, I think his name was Sol Invictus. And he that is who he believed to be the Messiah. He was a sun god. He started calling him Jesus Christ. The, the, the whole Trinity, this false Trinity that's present in multiple different uh, regions and cultures that is talked about is the false Trinity. And that's why knowing the truth about Christmas and Easter uh, actually pokes holes in a lot of people's uh, disbelief of who Christ is because Constantine made their biblical holidays illegal uh, during that time. And so he made the Sabbath illegal to observe and he made any of the Hebrew holidays illegal and what the Hebrew holidays are. uh, They're not Jewish holidays. They're biblical feasts that tell the story of Jesus first coming and his second coming. And they do not coincide with Easter or Christmas. And so that immediately differentiates Christ, our Messiah, from Sol Invictus, who they renamed as Jesus in the Roman Catholic Church. Wow, I didn't know that. That's mind-blowing. And and all that to say, what I was going to say before I continued on, because the next part, people really aren't going to like it. Everything that I say... I promise you, I'm not pulling it out of my butt. I have done research on all of these things for the past two years, putting all of these pieces together, 
And I look at things, the, the three words I use are networks, patterns, and tactics. So I notice networks by the narratives that they're pushing in tandem. And then I, I start to notice the different patterns, like what, what they do, um, what types of things that they're doing, what type of narratives, what triggers these narratives, what happens before and after the narratives, what's the counter narrative, what is the left and the, uh, the mainstream media, how do they interact with these alternate medias, uh, that is the Flynn network, and the tactics that they use, things like um, the left discrediting the film and tying it to QAnon or saying that, oh, all of these movies theaters aren't even hosting it. Like it's, it's being censored. Like that is a tactic <laughs> and a right. lie. Right. Okay. So that is how I explain these things. And so this next part, um, I just want any listener to hear me out, especially if they uh, are really gung ho about this film and the Pizzagate psyop and everything because uh, Liz Crokin and Laura Logan are two names that I've really been, uh, you know, itching to, I, I, I have been exposing them, but people have been really resistant to it because, oh my gosh, Laura Logan, she's talking about adrenochrome and, oh my gosh, Liz Crokin, she made out of shadows. Liz Crokin, she created Out of the Shadows with, uh, I forget his name, but it was a whistleblower, a CIA whistleblower. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I forget his name, but he was the main guy on it. And I I feel like his last name is like Smith or something. I think it's like Mike Smith. Smith, of Um, course. But anyways, there was, I I don't know if it's true, but, or or if that's the real name, because I mean, there's just so many characters, but the person who she, the main person who she did it with was a CIA asset. And then she was also um, a main voice of like the JFK is alive thing. That's a psyop, by the way, it completely destroys your credibility if you talk about that. So I wish people would stop. Um, and so she has, she's like the face of the QAnon Pizzagate uh, story. She's the one who exposed Hollywood. Like that's her shtick. And then Laura Logan comes out on the scene, her too. And another thing that I've noticed, speaking of patterns, is they they mostly have two main topics that they focus on. For example, Laura Logan, her two main topics are election integrity. She had a movie called Selection Code come out. And she also is right now being used in the child sex trafficking. So she goes out on Newsmax. She talks about adrenochrome. They kick her off supposedly that was a tactic because what it did was enrage the right and it made her seem more credible. And then they really wanted to rally around her and listen to what she had to say because she's being censored. And in reality, she was literally on Twitter last week exposing the NCMEC for being this uh, database of like missing children, child exploitation and insinuating that it was being used um, to control and manipulate judges and people of power, et cetera. And in the same breath, she is defending the Sound of Freedom, who has the NCMEC tip line on their website. And 
Furthermore, <laughs> these people who were on this little flower advisory board of the America's Future Flynn organization, it is a communist organization, has a list of people on this board of which these two women are on there. And the one that they added recently is a man named Brian Gamble. He was the uh, CIO of the organization and he dressed like Antifa at January 6th. I have pictures of him at Antifa on the front lines where all the crisis actors were. He was recording the propaganda that has been used against you, the American people, for the past three years. And he sits on the this board. So you have a literal communist who wow. produces propaganda against you um, next to the hypocrite Laura Logan, who should probably get some bigger shirts because her boobs are like always out. <laughs> and Liz Crokin, who's missing a finger. And uh <laughs> Because she got bit by a shark and she she made out of shadows. Wait, yes. She's missing a finger. What yes. You, and she had a do it, she got like bit, it, it was like yeah, a surfing right. accident. It sure. was like a surfing accident. Yeah, right. <laughs> they cut it off in a ritual to like get her not, she's like interrogating her or something. She was also on QAnon, the HBO documentary. No I mean, way. That's a yes. giveaway right there. Yeah. Is it no. isn't it? Yeah, and I, you know, I doubt the Pizzagate thing so much just because it's, like you said, it's like what they always put out in the front, put out in the front. And I'm like, like you, you are like a researcher where you can tie it together and you have the facts and you know the names and you can you know, logically show it. I'm a pattern finder in the way where something doesn't feel right to me or I'm noticing a lot or there's something weird about this. And like, I really kind of like look into how is this programming my mind? And the whole symbolism mm-hmm. syndrome of Pizzagate, it's like, oh, okay, so all these celebrities are just giving away, like, pizza code to you all the time and and impl- implicating themselves as, like, I'm a, a little boy lover or whatever the pizza symbol means. Or, or are they putting this out there all the time to program our minds so that when we see that and when they need to, they're going to put that pizza symbolism out or throw the Pizzagate story in or ruffle our emotions when the Sound of Freedom comes out or tie it all together or pull the QAnon crazy card when necessary, you know, like these things that you kind of notice play out in all these different scripts. So I told, and again, I'm not saying that children aren't trafficked. I'm not saying they're not abused. I'm not saying that these things aren't happening. I just really doubt the whole Pizzagate gate, um, narrative that was put out. So I love that you're calling it out and you've made some really great videos on your page, Belize No Psyop, for anybody that wants to yeah. know more. And I, I do go in depth with why it is, it is a psyop, but that doesn't negate away from, you know, the things that we all saw that were linked to the Podestas, to the Clintons, to the Comet Pizza. Like it, it doesn't negate away from those things. So when I'm speaking of this, I really want you to separate the things that you know from the psyop itself, which its purpose, in my opinion, was to link any talking point of child sex trafficking to QAnon and then it discredits everything. Yep. So you can checkmate right there. You just said it. Absolutely. Yeah. You cannot talk about child sex trafficking without being labeled QAnon and the left doing this to the sound of freedom. They're just, they're doing just that. And it's, it's, they already knew they were going to do that to the film. It's not a surprise. Like they're all, they're all Mason. So they're like, yeah, 
they're all know what's happening. They they could talk about child sex trafficking. They could show the truth about it all. And then all they got to do is link it to QAnon. And then no one yeah. on the left or the people that you call a normie would ever listen to it because they've already tarnished that whole notion. And that's what Pizzagate accomplished, in my opinion, with the um, the Alex Jones speaking about it and then taking it back. And then the, sh- the shooter that was there and Jack Posobiec was out in the front. And so there was so much, so many assets kind of bringing attention to it, including Flynn Jr. And then uh, Fl- there was an FBI anon that dropped something on the boards and what they do. And I, I watched it happen a few different times. They drop a story and they want someone organic to pick it up. That way they can use their bots and, but it has like a human touch to it. And um, that's, that's also a tactic that they use. And that's why like these things are important to know because you, you can start to notice that. And that's why, why do you think they wanted Elon Musk in control of the bot farm that is Twitter? Yeah, Because now they can use all of these right-wing narratives easily. um, And the pendulum swings Every single right wing on Twitter had that are literal nobodies like Joe Flynn, Mike Flynn's brother, who's a literal like drunk, always drunk, talking horribly, like embarrassing himself. He's deleted his whole Twitter like three different times because he just implicates himself constantly. He has like over 100,000 followers and like no one knows who he is. So that's fake. Yeah. that Yeah. No, I you just bringing up something that I feel like I discovered and you kind of talked about earlier how some people can end up becoming disinfo agents and not even realizing it, you know, accidentally. And I kind of, I've talked a lot about this kind of on my show that last year when I was hosting a particular podcast, it went viral all of a sudden and found itself number 13 on the Apple arts charts was getting 30, 40,000 downloads an episode. I'm like, what were we talking about? The QAnon narratives, <laughs> like literally like, and, and I started thinking like someone said to me like, where do you get a lot of this information? And and I was like, well, I think like some of the stuff is like coming into the inbox, you know, someone DMs it and then you get an idea or you get a story and you're like, oh yeah, great idea. Then you make a post out of it. You got a big account that gets like tons of views or tons or whatever. That's that what you're talking about. That That's that organic like start that they're doing because we might accidentally be the Illuminati, not Hollywood. Like the word, we might accidentally be the ones sharing all this stuff and being that echo chamber of disinformation and so, but once you start seeing the people around you, like I, like we've talked about, we were kind of chatting before, like I've had to delete a lot of episodes on this podcast because of other guests that I had on or people that I was associated with. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that that was what we were sharing disinfo together or they're a disinfo agent. And you just keep continuing on the awakening and you just, you have to just repent when you realize you've been wrong or you've been part of that. And I've been telling everybody I'm sorry that I, you know, pushed a lot of these echo chamber conspiracies last year. And, you know, I went before that. I had to apologize. I was sorry that I was pushing new age and occult stuff like Galactic Federation and those things that make us cringe. And but yeah, but they're absolutely using social media and the World Wide Web and influencers and certain people with big accounts to just to, to start these to, to the first echo, to be the first echo in that chamber. Yeah. And you brought up whistleblowers and I do think I mean that you might have you might, you could have oh, e- almost easily made a post about me on your page. I've been joking about that lately like you might have been <laughs> able to call me out on your page very if, if I just skirted the line on that. Yeah, and that's why I 
like to differentiate between those who are deceiving willfully and those who are deceived and kind of being used as pawns. Um, And to your point about whistleblowers being fake, I think that there are some legitimate whistleblowers who have um, convenient stories. And so they exploit their experience or their story because it's convenient to their narrative. And again, it gives it that organic human uh, realness that you can't get from a fake whistleblower and that, um, you know, if you were being influenced by someone who was an obvious like asset, like someone like Jack Posobiec, um, you, you would, uh, people, people still fall for it. I don't know how, but, uh, or like an Alex Jones, but then there's people like you, like you just said that you could have easily ended up on there. Um, and that's why I like to make sure that people understand when I'm pointing out these networks, I am acknowledging that not everyone even knows that they're in it. And I've tried to give warnings to people, um, specific like turning point influencers that are on the smaller side, um, usually met with extreme uh, disdain because they don't like to hear that they are working and pushing a Zionist organization with, um, you know, those types of goals. And they think, because if you think about like something like Turning Point, they have all of these conservative conferences where all of these people get to go and talk about cringe, dude. All of these people going and like just on the stage talking about like how corrupt the left is and all of this. And like, everyone's cheering. Like, I hate that. Like that makes my skin crawl, but like, you know, they're talking about like, Oh, the left, the left, the left. And like these people, they genuinely believe that like those dirty demon rats, like it's all about the dirty demon rats. And so like, they're really (laughs) saying what they believe is true and what they believe is righteous, but it's a false sense of righteousness and they're being manipulated by the organization and they're getting paid to do it, but they could never, they could never step outside of that box of designated truth ever Yeah, they get fired. Yeah, exactly. Because they stand on it or they're built a business on it and they're getting paid on it. And it's like they've caught in popular with by pushing this one story and they can't ever, even if they discover it's wrong, it's like they have to stick to it. But that's why you have, you need to be humbled and you say, Hey, I'm wrong. Or you discover I'm wrong. Or I've been like, like I used to work as a psychic channeler, you know, and I had when I realized that was wrong, I needed to repent. And I said, I was sorry, I made a public acknowledgement. This was wrong. I should never have done that. I'm sorry for anybody I deceived. Like, that's what you do. And then you stop doing it. But then there's some people that just don't stop. And they yeah, didn't and stop you, with sound of freedom. Yeah. And I'll tell you what happens if you step outside the designated box of truth. Uh, you get gang stalked and they try to destroy your life and they want you to basically feel like killing yourself. So they don't have to do the dirty work themselves. And I'm speaking from experience because that's what happened to me. So (laughs) that's insane. I, the only other time I've ever heard of gang stalking was I heard the Beyonce gang stalked her drummer. Like her drummer tried to leave and gang stalked her, like um, just harassed her like all hours of the day. Like, um, sound frequency can be used in gang stalking. Like, uh, what, what, tell us, tell the listeners what, what is gang stalking exactly? And, and then, so, sure. you yeah. know, one might say I'm being dramatic about it. I certainly feel like I'm being dramatic when I say it, but when I put myself back in that time, um, I mean, it was horrible. It was in November of 2021. 
I just got done exposing the new age. I just got baptized in October and uh, I'd already pissed off a ton of people because just like you, um, you know, our testimonies overlap. I had a lot of people who followed uh, that ideology. And so when I would speak against it, I had gained a lot of haters. Um, and I was very, I wasn't, I wasn't quite refined yet. So I was very combative back and, you know, I've really worked hard on harnessing my boldness in a way that's pleasing to God. But back then I was absolutely like bull in a China shop. Like this is satanic. This is satanic. Everything is satanic. And, um, then shortly after that, um, the Flynn prayer happened where he prayed the occult prayer. It was verbatim Elizabeth Clare prophet prayer. And, uh, ever since then, because I was, like I said, brand new Christian on fire for God. It was a new age prayer. I couldn't believe he did that in a church. And so I exposed it and I had connected it directly to the um, Summit Lighthouse uh, publishing company. It was all like um, Ascended Masters, uh, things like that. So I had connected it back to the Lighthouse Publishing. It was all about Ascended Masters. And then I was realizing like that tied back to like Aleister Crowley. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is literally horrible. And like, and then, so I, I posted it without a second thought, like, you know, this is the truther community, right? Uh, like people want to yeah, know the truth they no matter know, what, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's a bunch of fakers who pretend like it's like being a truther is trendy and no yeah. one actually cares about the truth. So uh, I realized that back then when uh, this was before I knew that there was the existence of a Flynn network, but I was becoming aware of um, the influencer side. Like I yeah. definitely, I started to call out specific influencers that were negating away from the truth and being hypocritical. And um, so when that happened, all of these people came to attack me. They basically were lying and saying it was the Catholic prayer. And then they were, um, you know, all of these accounts were created, ghost accounts. Um, there was one call, there was one that was literally made for the point of antagonizing me, making horrible memes about me, but not like normal memes, like ones that were like demonic and made you feel sick. And there was multiple people coming in my uh, comments all the time, like telling me to go kill myself or like just they, they a lot of them are bots. But some of I, I think that a lot of them are like bots, like that they basically want to demoralize you. That's what it is. It was a demoralize. That's probably honestly, that's probably more um, the right word for it, is it. It was a demoralization campaign against me. Yeah. And so all of these uh, it was constant and they wanted me to stop. They wanted me to stop because the more that I saw that people were getting riled up, that's like what fuels me. And so I just kept finding all of this stuff on Flynn and I just kept posting about it. Posting <laughs> just, about yeah. It, it just motivated it. you, didn't it? Yeah. And then it got to the point where they were, I was threatened to call this CPS on me and they um, posted all of the videos of me before I was saved to yep. basically mock me they called me a witch. They said I had like a bone altars in my room that I was subverting Christianity. 
They said that um, I bought a house that I was a Mossad agent, like that that my Mossad agent bought my house. They said, oh, then they got me fired from my job. And so there was a point where I was like, am I like, I really did feel like God wanted me on this path. But what I realized, and just like you said, when you're wrong, you uh, have to repent and stop. And so there was... I always forget if it's first Peter or second Peter, I'm pretty sure it's second Peter chapter three, where it talks about suffering for Christ and that to make sure that you're suffering for Christ and not because of like your own things that like you're doing. And I was like, well, dang, I am being pretty, like, I'm not being godly about this. And, um, so I had to really take a step back and be like, I do feel like this is what God wants me to do, but I don't feel like this is how God wants me to do it. And um, it took losing a lot of my friends. A lot of people stabbed me in the back uh, that were my friends at the time. I lost pretty much all of my friends. And it did coincide with when I was uh, exposing Flynn, it was coinciding with uh, the Flynn-Lynn divide, as so many people say, which I, uh, it's not the case that that again was a counter narrative from the Flynn network. So in order for people to not listen to what Lynn was talking about, they made people think that it was a Flynn Lynn divide. And like, basically it was all to divide. And so, and then they made it so toxic, just like they made it toxic to follow me. They make it so toxic that people just throw their hands up and they're like, I don't want anything to do with this. It's just so toxic. And um, yeah, but it wasn't toxic. It was my life that they were trying to destroy. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, and this is when it when I was I'm looking at some gang stalking notes that I have here from an old episode that we had done on Beyonce, <clears throat> my old podcast and so gang stalking is the protocol characterized by 24/7 surveillance, home break-ins, personal property, automobile vandalism, sl- pet torture, slander like trying to report you to CPS or getting you fired from your job, like electronic harassment, persistent never-ending stalking by multiple stalkers. So that what happened to you really does f- fit a lot of this definition, and this is linked to CoinTelPro and MKUltra, kind of, because uh, there yeah. was a counterintelligence program in 1956 to 1971 called CoinTelPro, C O I N T E L P R O, and it was when the FBI was aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, and discrediting and disrupting domestic American political organizations. CoinTelPro resources targeted groups and individuals that the FBI deemed subversive, including feminist organizations, Communist Party, anti-Vietnam organizers, and civil rights movements and black power movements. So at that time, they attacked those movements. At this time, it sounds like they are attacking movements like what you were doing or what you were exposing or what you came on to. So this is a very real thing. And I think that the Internet is absolutely a playground where this kind of bullying can happen. It's happened to me in my own way too, especially when you come out of the new age and you come out and you want to talk about Jesus. Like anytime you want to talk about Jesus, they don't want you to talk about Jesus. But, and then, and again, this right here is just another thing that makes me question the sound of freedom. How is this allowed to be in the theater? How is this allowed to get mainstream? Like, how is this not being made to look toxic and wrong? Like, why is it being promoted and shown as a, in good light? Like, why aren't they being gang stalked for what they're exposing? Yeah. And I was like, what is happening? And I was researching, um, it, it's something called IIA. And 
It's called Internet Interactive Activities. It links back to a man named Patrick Berge, who um, was a whistleblower on this because when he was in the army, he basically uh, would institute these things on foreign countries. So they would influence people by social media warfare. And when it was happening to me, I, I came across his content and messaged him on Twitter, explained him what was happening. And I was like, is this what's happening to me? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, just like you said, they were coming against people who were being subversive. Well, I technically was subverting their network and I was basically that voice in the wilderness. And in the grand scheme of things, I have a small account. I'm not, I'm not that like big of an account that I would think that they would waste so many resources on me, but it doesn't matter how small your account is. It's about your information because my rumble, that video that I just created the other day with a hundred rumble people that follow me got seen thousands of times because they shared it. And so it doesn't matter if you have one follower, if the right person sees it, the information will spread. Exactly. Well, well put. And if the right person funds your movie, you're probably connected to the Clinton Foundation because this Carlos Slim guy that you this is the thing with the Tim Ballard connection and the or the sorry, the with the movie, The Sound of Freedom, when you posted a video of Tim Ballard talking um, with the Jim Cavazel and they're like, who funded this movie? And he's like, oh, who funded this? You did, Jim. And then uh Pat, this Carlos Slim guy, and he's like, "Who's Carlos Slim?" And as you mentioned, he's one of the richest men in the world. He's um, a Latin American, and he has a hundred billion dollars. He is a buddy with the Clintons. He was a major donor to them and to their ha- to Haiti. He's connected with that. He's given millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation. He gave a hundred million dollars to the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation. And his son, Patrick Slim, is a member of the World Economic Forum in Latin America. And the World Economic Forum is a super corrupt group. I can't not think about them and not think about a video they put out a few months ago about how they basically have AI technology that can read people's minds and do the whole minority report thing and get them to stop crimes beforehand. Like they're admitting that they can read our thoughts and place thoughts in our head. So these people are super corrupt and they funded... The, this movie. I mean, that was to me, that's like you follow the money and it it tells you so much. And also, not just that, this connection with the missing children hotline that you brought up, the NCMED. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, if you could explain kind of like that and how it connects to Ashton Kutcher. And he, we know that he's seen, you know, wearing his little Masonic hat, his red Kabbalah bracelet. Yeah. Um, he's in the club. Yeah. yeah. So the NCMEC, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, was created by John Walsh um, when his child went missing. And they used it to push legislature uh, through with George Bush, where they basically created the database um, for CPS to use uh, for child abuse cases. And then the uh, Clintons came in and I forget what the act was called, but it was something about an adoption fostering act where there would incentivize the government to rehome children and they would receive money for it. And so they were able to, um, you know, if they called them child abuse cases, and of course there are child abuse cases, but they were also able to 
inflate that in order to get funds from the government. So they're basically incentivized to take your child um, and rehome them. And that was done all through uh, the NCMEC creation, which then um, Clinton kind of shepherded that act through. And then um, the Polaris project was funded and carried out by the Clinton Foundation, which uh, created that hotline and the database that tracks all of these quote unquote trafficking organizations. And so when people say, why would they bring attention to something that they're doing? They always have. I mean, the Clintons had a ton of like anti-trafficking type initiatives and they created this database that the one of the Podestas worked as a data analyst for the NCMEC. And um, now every single trafficking organization has that number on their site, even the ones who claim to know about the Clintons. And Ashton Kutcher was an advocate for trafficking, but what he was really shilling for was for uh, government funding um, into his organization called Thorn, which was powered by Peter Thiel, who, who powers the Palantir, which powers the NCMEC, and Ashton Kutcher sat on the board with McCain, on the McCain Institute with the CEO of the NCMEC. So it's all this big, again, circle jerk. And yeah. they, the Operation Underground Railroad did endorse Kutcher's initiatives, did endorse the Clinton hotline, and they did um, also, <coughs> there was a movement called the End It Movement a few years back with red X's. And all the Hollywood stars were having the red X's on their hands. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was also sponsored by the Clintons. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And Peter Thiel, Thiel, who was involved, he was a, one of the first outside investors in Facebook. And Epstein had several meetings with him in 2014. So he's connected in the Epstein circle, too. So you're right. It's just one big circle jerk. They're just <laughs> they're all in this together. And wasn't Ashton Kutcher pushing for like a digital ID system or promoting like a digital ID thing? Because I actually I feel like you also pointed out in your information and everybody I really go to her page please no psyop b-l-z-n-o psyop on instagram and just start go looking at her post she's really goes into all the details and she has all the proof on there that's one thing i love about what you put out is your i try to do like fancy pretty posts and like i worry too much about silly things like that people want to see what you're putting which is the sources where you got the information from and i really was seeing that this is i feel like that this movie is coming out it's tugging on the heartstrings of people. It's funded by people associated with the Clinton Foundation. It's put out by Angel Studios, which is this Mormon production. And they're, and I, I just feel like they're pushing on that heartstrings so that they will get parents to like, what are we going to do to help our kids or to stop this? Well, get them a digital ID. Get your child microchipped. It's like, what do you, do you think that this has something to do with the reason they've made this movie to kind of like help usher in this digital ID system for children? Yeah. I mean, I do. I think that... Um... You know, they already have that kind of been rolling out if you research chips and trafficking in regards to that. So that already exists. Um, this this family that was funding it, Carlos Slim, it also ties back to like the CMEX uh, thing that happened in Arizona. I mean, this is cartel. 
that we're talking about. But this is the cartel that funded this movie. And um, so th- it's much more nefarious than just raising awareness. Like the raising awareness is just the step to what comes next, which is the solution that they already have in place. And um, so the CMAX investigation in Arizona uh, is related to this because this was another instance of when truthers received amnesia from this network. And this is another character that I think people need to know. Um, and so that way when people associate with this man, that it's a huge red flag and his name is Craig Sawyer. He basically went into the CMEX investigation that was happening in Arizona a few years ago that a man who literally goes and looks for homeless veterans to help came across a trafficking camp and he called the authorities and they sent in Navy SEAL, which I believe Navy SEALs are basically just domestic terrorists at this point, because I'll explain why, but um, he came in there, sabotaged the whole thing. Like you see him recorded. I made a video of him talking about, yeah, this is definitely like a trafficking site. And then he goes and does an after video and says, yeah, there was no, that actually wasn't a trafficking site. And he goes back on his word. And I actually interviewed Lewis Arthur, who was the one who found the camp a few months ago. And after I did that, I had a five page smear article written about me and pushed people were doing, uh, this woman was doing podcast. She's not even a podcaster, but she was going all around the network talking about her Substack that she wrote about me and all of these people that like you might not know. And I, I wish I didn't know, but like people like Brian Cates, people like the Punisher, these big accounts in, in this world went and spread this substack that was all lies made up about me all because I interviewed Lewis Arthur who was tied to this. And basically it was kind of like Craig Sawyer initiated his gang stalking. They demoralized him. They created all of the, the same thing that they did to me that I'm describing. They did to him. And Craig Sawyer has a bunch of minions that if anyone talks against him, he does that too. And same with Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse also has a Navy SEAL. That's his spokesperson named David Hancock that worked for a contracting company that ties directly to Obama. And I posted about that too. And he was also one of the ones that was initiating um, the demoralization campaign on me. Wow. Girl, you uh, ruffled the wasp nest, huh? <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> well, I'm That's like sitting here, I'm like, like, oh, who's going to come after me now? No. <laughs> well, it, you know, and honestly, I've had people come to me and I'm like, I have given them that warning before yeah. because um, it's true. I mean, that's what happened. And they really wanted me to stop and they just, yeah, I wasn't going to stop. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it does. They they harass you to get you to stop. And yeah, it's no joke. And But then when that's happening and it's like happening to you, you know what you've gotten into is important. You know what I mean? Because they wouldn't be doing all this stuff to you if you hadn't stumbled upon something that they don't want you to get out. So that just validates yeah. it even more. And then, 
you think about like this, you know, how people want to gang stalk you or bully you on the internet. I mean, I've had people try to silence me in different ways with stuff. And eventually, you, you know, it just gets to a point where you're like, you know, I'm only here to fear God. That's it. Like, I, I'm not here to fear man. And our God, to Jesus Christ, has overcome this world. And it is done. And so people, it's just like, you. that's how, I think of Psalms 91, you know, 1,000 falls by one side, 10,000 by the other. But when you make God, your Lord, the most high, your fortress, he will protect you. And you know, like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they went in that fiery furnace, but they survived. Like, God is with us, and He he cares about those that, that he's saved. He's cared about those that he's sealed and he won't forsake us. And so that's just like, I try to remind myself of that, but it doesn't mean that we won't and, face hard times in this world. And I think about Gideon and his army. And I really do think that, you know, a lot of people, they come on my page and they see that all I do is expose the people that they have really believed were on our side. And they think I have no hope or they think I'm a doomer or they think I'm black And that's not true. I, don't find my hope in any of these people. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And I think about Gideon who, you know, there was 300 and that was after he said, okay, send more people home, send more people home, send more people home because it's for his glory that he won that. And how did they win? They won with peculiar weapons. And so he sent them in with peculiar weapons with 300 versus 135,000. There was no way that they should have won, but they did by the wisdom of God, by the strength of God, and by having God's favor upon them and operating inside of his will, because we can't do anything outside of his will. And I was sure that what I was doing was exactly what I was supposed to be doing um, for him. So that's why I just persisted. Yeah, and the Bible tells us we're going to be attacked for sharing Jesus and for sharing the gospel. Like, that's the most, like you said at the very beginning of this episode, there's one awakening we're supposed to have, and that's to Jesus Christ. So that's, you know, when you're, that's what they're really, you know, they don't want that to get out. And they, you know, it's, you know, you're doing the right thing when they're coming after you. Um, Is there, as we're kind of summing up this conversation, uh, talking about the sound of a psyop and talking about the sound of freedom movie, is there anything else you want to share as we're kind of like summing up uh, how you discovered the sound of freedom was a psyop? Well, I just want people to know that it's not just this movie. This is just one example of many, 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 many. It's all copy and paste. Uh, and not to be fearful of, even when we're talking about these digital IDs, even when we're talking about World Economic Forum, New World Order. I don't ever wake up one day living in fear of any of that stuff. And I'm not special. I'm not any more courageous than you. I just trust God. And I know that there's nothing to fear. And that even if I die tomorrow, I don't have to fear. And so I I just wish people would stop uh, focusing so, so much on all of the evil that surrounds us if for not the point of helping people come to God, because Exodus one twelve says that the more the Israelites were oppressed, the more that they multiplied. And so I always, that really stuck out to me when I read it. And I just keep thanking God for the oppression that this government is imposing on us all around the world. And I know that that's going to bring more people to Christ. So uh, yeah. What is intended for evil God uses for good. I love the story of Joseph. You know, his brothers sold him off to slavery and then he ends up saving them years down the road. 
um, you know, when the famine hits. And I've been studying um, James and, you know, James is all about trials and tribulations and how they teach us patience and how we need to see count it all as joy and see these hard times as joy. And we can even see all these scary things you kind of just mentioned or we've talked about. (laughs) And this episode is like God is allowing these things to happen because he loves us and he knows that he can use it for our glory and that and, you know, we're all wicked here. We're sinners. We're off. We're born in sin. We got saved by grace. God, did. you know, he loves us so much. He still saved us. Well, he wants to get us ready for the kingdom. And in that process, we have to be refined and we're refined through our trials and tribulations. And that's why they're joyful. And that's why God loves us so much when he gives them to us, because he knows that's best for us. And so I think that's a wonderful reminder to not wake up scared of these things but to understand that God's with us and he's going to pull us through and he's going to use every single thing intended for evil for his good because it is done and it, this world has been overcome. I would I would like to um, finish with a piece, a small piece that I wrote in the midst of the situation that we were talking about. Yeah. That's all right. Absolutely. All right. Um, it says, it isn't easy to be in the social media warfare information warfare, psychological warfare. It is constant attacks, lies, betrayals, propaganda, demoralization, people inching their way close to collect intel, to use against you whenever they get the green light or watching friends you loved turn on you because they end up believing the lies. Or maybe they cannot handle the pressure because they attack every person who is close to you only to then take that and use it against you as a way to demoralize you further by trying to make you think no one likes or cares for you to create that perception. People pretending to like you and care for you, pretending to be in the fight with you, only to take off their mask and show their real face and intentions. Demons sent to do the devil's work. Suicide bombers who endure humiliation or sacrifice themselves near you so you're attached to the mess it makes. Sleeper cells injected, gaining trust and familiarity from those watching and reading day in and day out. Frogs become friends, and then you find out they come with ulterior motives. It never gets easier to walk through, but supernaturally, my burden gets lighter. We all face our own battles. This is just mine. I do my best not to let it affect my perception of me or those around me. Psalms 23.5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. He prepared the table, but he also anointed your head with oil to complete the tasks that he created you to perform. Only by the power of God Almighty am I able to continue. Only by the Holy Spirit and the scriptures which comfort me and soothe me and remind me of who I am, a daughter of the Most High King. Every lie, every insult, every smear, every attack, only pushes me further into the arms of my loving heavenly father. And that is the greatest gift. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, that, you know, when we go through our hardest times, I think sometimes as I'm a writer, you know, and that's when I feel like my best stuff comes out. And you say that you, you said at the beginning that you were more of a math person or a numbers person. I was gonna be like, you write great stuff on your <laughs> uh, and your page. Like you wrote, sometimes you write a lot of stuff. Sometimes you like good night, and you just like make a post and put stuff in there. And you always also <laughs> include like humor at the ends of your slides. And I, I really appreciate that um, the way that you see things and your kind of snark. It's similar to mine, as you can tell by my smile <laughs> on my face. And then you also still post things like you know uh, encouragement and scripture. And you also 
host a Bible study um, weekly. And I'll, you know, if anybody wants to join that or reach out to that, they can contact you, right? DM you on Please No Sign Up on Instagram. Is that the best way for people to contact you? you Yes, there's a Bible Bible study on Tuesdays for women, uh, Wednesdays for men. A man leads the men um, because that's scriptural. And uh, it's, you know, you can uh, definitely reach out to me. I would love to have y'all on that. And we've been meeting, uh, the women have been meeting basically since 2021. Um, And so it's been, it's definitely been a great thing to have a group of people who love the Lord, but also know all about this stuff because you're not filtering yourself and having this while we live in this fallen world and everything around us is so contrived and everyone is kind of on that same page. And so it really is uh, great to have that, to be able to walk with. Yeah. And I think it's wonderful that you really balance your life. Like it's important. Something that I've learned is balancing it when you're researching and doing stuff like I can get obsessive and like research 10 hours on something. And I used to research all that dark stuff in my whole life, like <laughs> turned into demonic and like awful and unlivable. <laughs> and now it's like I've balanced my life out. You know, I go to church and I'm going to come to your Bible. I, I you've invited me to your Bible study. I've been a few times. I need to, I'm going to come back. Girl, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be there. You guys, you should come. And because we do need to balance our life out by putting God first foremost and um, not just obsessing with researching, obsessing with the darkness because I like to actually say this, if someone obsesses about the occult, you might accidentally find yourself an occultist. So be careful guys. You got to renew your mind every day with God's word, cast down high imaginations Mm -hmm. and just be obedient and follow his commandments and smell the sound or smell a psyop when you hear it baking <laughs> listen to the sound of a psyop when you hear it ringing when you hear those patterns coming in and we you know please no psyop has told us what to look for and we're not going to be played by that bad psyop music anymore so thank you so much for coming on the show i know i'll have you back another time uh, there's so much we can talk about and you have your own <laughs> podcast too please no psyop is as, yeah. as well and you're going to be getting that started back up soon right I'm going to get that started back up soon. I just, you know, no one's above being deceived. Absolutely no one. You don't know you're deceived when you're deceived. So keep praying for God to reveal those things to you. Be humble knowing that you are a sinner and that you don't, you aren't all knowing. You aren't all powerful. And thank God we have our savior to carry us through these times but just continue to pray for discernment because things are not what they seem pretty no. much all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. I love you. Love you too. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for escaping the new age with me and cracking the codes and helping us all see through the sound of a psyop. Thank Have you so much. You're welcome. Have a good night, everyone. Bye.